a lot of these people getting together, blowing through a lot of jet fuel. Why didn't they do a Zoom meeting? You know, it could have easily, <laughs> could have easily been done. Hey there. Welcome to The Simple Podcast, and I'm Todd C. Slater. This week, we've got a lot to talk about. We are going to uncover what is going on with the inflationary numbers. We're going to talk about the Bank of Canada. And of course, one of the hot topics right now around the world is the meeting in Davos with the World Economic Forum. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun this week, I got to tell you that. I do have Dave Butler from Dave Butler Mortgage. He's going to be joining me. And of course, if you haven't been subscribing yet to our channel, make sure you do so. And you can also follow us on Instagram, the Simple Investor One. Uh, Dave, you know what? Our favorite whipping uh, horse uh, found herself in Davos at the World Economic Forum meeting. Krista Freeland, of course, Deputy Prime Minister of Canada. Um, unbelievable. I'm going to have you uh, take a quick look at a clip, and then you and I are going to talk about it. There's a lot that Canada can offer to the world in this moment. You know, we have the critical minerals and metals that you need to build a green economy. So I got to tell you, when she starts talking, you know, it's almost like that Charlie Brown movie that comes out. Wah, 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 wah. But <laughs> Dave, I got I, you know what she's offering up. Basically, our resources to the world, talking about green energy. I mean, how many private airplanes and jets are in Davos right now? Well, you know, it's funny. She talks about all the stuff that Canada has to provide for other people and other countries. But yet we have tons of natural resources that we don't tap into today for Canadians. I'm talking about out in Alberta. You know, uh, Trudeau has uh, put a standstill on us using a lot of our resources. We are importing uh, effectively oil and gas, which makes no sense. Um, I just think that's funny. I mean, Krista always figures out a way to put her foot in her mouth, but I don't think she even thinks she's doing it. Um, and, you know, the other thing, too, is I always laugh. You know, I think even Rebel News is out there. And it, as much as some people, you know, deny them as a media, you know, uh, conglomerate, you know, the reality is, is they're asking questions and they're just and they won't get answers. Um, what is the carbon footprint for this meeting in Davos? You know, all these people are wanting to talk about carbon, 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 carbon emissions. We want to slow it, we lower it, all that. But the footprint for all these private jets to get these people to this meeting is on a whole different stratosphere. But yet we just ignore it. They won't answer the questions. And then they start putting all this stuff out. I mean, it's... Uh, Krista always, always, always has a, a, a beautiful part in my heart that I love to just squeeze and 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 just strangle sometimes. So, <laughs> you know, her talking about decarbonization and talking about green energy, and then offering up minerals. As you said, we've got enough oil here. You know, they they killed the pipeline. Like the liberals killed the pipeline in Alberta, of course, with the help of Biden. And, you know, we're sitting here and for some reason, everybody believes, you know, that, you know, if we go to clean energy, we go to battery, we go to everything like that, that, you know, the world's just going to continue on, which is impossible. And the reason why I bring this up is, of course, with the housing shortage, the fact that our infrastructure sucks. I mean, you know, our, our highways are, you know, our, our, our typical 
you know, rail systems, everything, all of that. And, and, and I always ask people this, try imagining the size of some of these massive machines that we use to build and put batteries in them. It's impossible. And for people like this to continue on, you know, what they continue to preach, you know, build back better. Well, I got news for you. You're not going to build shit if they keep thinking this way. They're going to have, they have to look at it completely different. So again, I just think you got a lot of these people getting together, blowing through a lot of jet fuel. You know what? My question is, why didn't they do a Zoom meeting? You know, it could have easily <laughs> could have easily been done. After all, they created the pandemic so everybody could work from home. Why can't they work from home? Why did they have to turn around and go there? So, you know, that's one of those things, Dave. You and I could really, you know, get going on this whole WEF thing and everything else. But, of course, during a real estate show, we need to talk about some serious stuff <laughs> about real estate. So let's do that. Let's talk about, uh, you know, Canada's inflationary number. That was yep. released this past week, uh, bumped up a little bit to 3.4. If I'm not mistaken, you actually said that was probably going to happen. You may even see the December and even the January prints spike a tiny bit. Um, that's actually expected. There's some economists that are calling for that. I'm a nerd, so I study this stuff. And I mean, it was quite obvious to me back in, I think it was November, December. I think I had said, look, the January, sorry, the December and the January prints for CPI probably will show a slight uptick. Um, you know, the way that it's calculated, you have to understand there were rate increases in December and January. Uh, well, December of, it would have been 22 and then January of 2023. So when you're comparing this, you know, let's say December and this January to last, you're going to have an increase in uh, shelter costs. And so it's expected that you have a bit of an uptick. I think where we're really looking at you know, and I think where most Canadians should really be paying attention is going to be the February and the March prints. But let's remember, when I'm talking about December and January, those prints all come out one month behind. So the December print comes out in January, the January print comes out in uh, February. That's when, I mean, we can already expect next next month, the media will be picking up on, you know, how inflation may have, you know, might not be going down. So I think we should all expect these headlines to happen. The, the mainstream media loves to jump all over this stuff. But the reality is that this is expected. Don't let the media scare you. What's more important is March, because March is when the February uh, data is going to come out. And then in April, the March is going to That's more interesting to me than December and January, which we knew was going to likely spike up slightly. And to be fair, it's not a large spike. To go from 3.1 to 3.4, I feel very confident in our thesis uh, playing out that we will see inflation get into the twos, have a two in front of it at some point by the summer. Dave, one of the things, of course, as soon as that happens and, you know, the headlines read this this past week, 3.4, all of a sudden everybody's saying, well, what's that going to do to the Bank of Canada? And so your take on the Bank of Canada, you know what, we've got the meeting next week. Is the Bank of Canada going to stay pat? Is there potential of it going up? No, I I, I think that's it, the potential of it going up, I think is, is nil. I, I think that's just People that think they're smart talking on Twitter or X or social media try. I think there's also just there's a thing these days that you want to try to be different on these platforms. So you'll say anything to get followers. And so, you know, people will jump up and, oh, my God, Canada is going to increase rates. Yeah, I, I, I listen, I, I mean, we can play this, this, this clip. Hopefully we're not playing this clip in a week from now. But the reality is, is 
Ben Kiana should not be making any of the, any moves. They should be standing pat and doing what the right move is, is continue to see what inflation does. Going from 3.1 to 3.4 does not at all require a shift upwards in rates. And let's also get, let's, let's try to use some stats here. We saw inflation in 2022 and actually 2021 start to spike wildly. No one talked about, we talk, I'm not talking about a 0.3. I'm talking about increases of like 1.6% month over month. Okay. We weren't, the bank of Canada was not looking at increasing rates at all at that time. Right. They didn't. And that's actually what caused some of the issues that we're in right now. So the idea that we're going from 3.1 to 3.4 is going to cause the bank of Canada to go and change their story. Um, we just literally had the U.S. Fed saying they're talking about rate cuts. Bank of Canada, Tiff Macklin's even said, you know, and not alluded to when, but said that rates could be cut at some point in 2024. The idea that they would raise again in January makes no sense to me. Um, the what makes the most sense is if you see the March and the April CPI prints not behave in the way that they should, then you could start talking about possibly the bank can increase rates. But I think we're so far from that. I just think right now it's just media people and, you know, social media people trying to seem cool, trying to invoke fear. But the reality is just don't get scared. I mean, we, we've been on this podcast and on our show, you know, your show, we've been saying for how long? Don't get scared. Don't listen to the mainstream media on some of these things. You really got to nowadays not listen and more or less make your own thesis. And that's that's what you and I do on a daily basis now. Yeah. So one of the things that people have been asking is, you know, who's going to move first? Is it going to be the U.S. Fed or the Bank of Canada? My take is the U.S. Fed will be the first person to pull the trigger on a reduction. Um, you know, it could be as early as as March, could uh, if not April for sure. But I think the U.S. Fed's the first group that moves in the downward trend. Um, I don't know what your take is on it, but I think I think if that happens, Bank of Canada will be soon to follow suit. I agree with you. I think definitely U.S. It's funny. Canada was the first to increase the rates following the pandemic, and the U.S. kind of held it a bit more, a little bit longer. I think it was like a month or two. It wasn't not anything crazy. Um, I have a feeling that we it's the opposite. I think... Uh, U.S. Fed is the one that increases, so I echo your thoughts on that. And I'm going to double down on that bet, Dodd. I really do believe that Tiff is going to make an absolute mistake, and he's not going to start lowering rates till June, July, or even September. And I think that he's going to do it thinking that he's smarter than Powell. And uh, the reality is I just don't believe it. I think Tiff, Tiff, Tiff has put us in a rough spot, and I think, sadly, it's going to continue. Um, but... I do believe he comes to his senses by the summer. Uh, but again, you know, the cool thing is we have we have a nice tequila bet on this. And so <laughs> someone will win and someone will lose. <laughs> well, it depends if the bottle shared. But just for our listeners sake, just so you know, so Dave Butler and I ha actually have a bet going on when the Bank of Canada will go bring the rates down. I've got a, an April, May uh, time. Dave, Dave picked up the, the gauntlet and said June, July. Uh, Grand Patron Tequila is on the line here, so you know it'll be interesting to see who's the one buying the bottle. Uh, I hope I am. Even David echoed the same thing. It'd be nice to see us actually deal with these interest rates a little bit sooner than later. Dave, one of the things that um, you know we've been getting echoes from the U.S. though is some of the uh, some of the smaller banks they're starting to really feel the crunch, which again leads to the idea that the Fed may have to go sooner than later. Because they actually, you know, they were backing long-term money with short-term money, which was just costing them a bundle. 
Yeah, I mean, look, it's a whole different banking system in the United States, you know, much different than here. You know, in Canada, we've got generally six major banks that have massive control. They all seem to move in lockstep, you know, and it's generally, you know, I would, even though it's not, I could say that, you know, it's kind of government, you know, controlled to an extent. Um, in the States, it's, 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 it's wide open. It's, you know, capitalism to its highest degree. You, you and I, Todd, could open up banks in the United States. Um, the amount of banks in the United States is, you know, got to be about possibly a thousand times more banks in the States than Canada. So they have a different problem. Look, when you have smaller banks like that, you have less, I would say, I want to say governance to an extent. Um, you know, one thing that has helped Canada is, I believe, our banking system to an extent. Um, it does allow us to stay, you know, out of some of the issues that do happen in the U.S. With that said, we also don't get to feast on some of the capitalistic uh, positives that the United States also gets from this. So, you know, we've got our piece in it, but the reality is you are 100% correct. Some of these smaller banks, the stuff I am reading is that some of these smaller banks are in big trouble. And when that happens, you know, when you have smaller banks, people have money and deposits sitting with these banks. The government out there is very, very, very open to bailing out and uh, making sure that their citizens do not lose the money sitting in their bank accounts. So generally speaking, I 100% I agree with you. I think that you'll likely see Powell kind of bend the knee to an extent uh, to try to make sure that this doesn't happen. We already saw what last year with uh, one of their big, one of the big actual regional banks getting bailed out and they set up this new fund for some of these companies. Um, look, I, I, I think, I think Canada, we're pretty, we're pretty insulated to an extent from our banking system. But um, look, I, I also see trouble on the horizon. I mean, you and I see every day the level of foreclosures and power of sales is increasing. Um, you know, so no one is no one is out of the out of the you know fire yet. But certainly, uh, I agree with you. I think Powell makes his move first. I think Tiff comes in late as usual, um, and uh, we see what happens. Yeah, and when we talk about the government, um, well, you know, one of the things, of course, uh, our federal government, um, they've been so left behind. They, they they don't have a clue on housing. And at this point, you know, we can beat the dead horse. Um, it's just way, way too easy. But the numbers that came out of out of the year, you know, absolutely staggering. Not just our our resale market, because I'm not I'm not even going to talk about sales. It was completions and. You know, it was amazing how, you know, basically our our construction uh, was 7% less than what we normally have as far as an average. We normally average about 240,000 units. And I'm sorry, but our federal government is stepping in, making commitments and promises or, 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 or a narrative saying, you know, they think that they can add 500,000 into the mix in a year's time. Uh, I, I'm, I'm appalled by their ability to come out and lie to Canadians uh, we've, we've got nothing but narrative coming from your, you know, deputy prime minister to the prime minister. I mean, they're more worried about going on vacations that Canadians pay for and lie about things than actually turning around, putting proper shovels in the ground. They can't even add 50,000, let alone the 500,000 that they're claiming that they're doing. This is going to create a massive, massive, uh, you know, issue. We, we seem to be opening the coffers to everybody but Canadians. Uh, you know, you've been out west. You know, we know for a fact that Alberta has been hit with some issues, you know, as far as energy. And, and again, 
the federal government is just leaving Canadians in the wings and spending all our money abroad. And I think that that in itself has got to make things questionable. But, you know, being being a real estate show, Dave, one of the things that, of course, I like to do every single week is I want to give a tip to somebody that wants to become a real estate investor. And real estate investors are really the backbone of the vacancy rate. In other words, if we don't have real estate investors, if we don't have investment properties, we're not going to have the actual roofs over people's heads that is so desperately needed at this time. And it's going to be a growing concern. And I think that one of the things that in, instead of being shit on by the government, they should be praising Canadians, the Canadian family, for actually coming out and putting their hard-earned money out and allowing them to turn around and have ownership of an investment property so they could put a roof over somebody's head. It's not a greedy landlord tactic. It is creating security for not just them and their own family, but for another family to live in. And so that's one of the most important things that I think we need to look at always as Canadians is how do we, as Canadians, keep roofs over our heads and everybody else's. And the one thing, if I'm going to give you an investor tip this week, and this is really, really important. If you're going to go into real estate investment, it doesn't matter where you are, whatever your municipality, your landlord, tenant boards, you need to read the rules, okay? Because one of the biggest things that's happening right now is non-payment rent is through the roof. We've got landlords that are suffering. Dave mentioned earlier, we are seeing some power sales pop up into the market. Some of these are investment properties because the people are underwater. They're not getting paid rent. But the other thing is you've got to make sure you understand the rules. So my investor tip of the week is this. Know the rules of your local landlord-tenant board and what your rights are as a landlord before buying the property. Don't buy a property with a tenant in place unless you know the rules. Don't turn around and create a lease unless you know the rules. Folks, that's 101 investor tip for this week. So listen, uh, Dave, thanks for joining us. I know you're away right now. You're scoping out Canada, checking it out, see what's going on out in the other part of our world. Uh, folks, if you are, haven't subscribed, make sure you do so. You know what? Want to keep bringing you great information every single week with Dave Butler as one of my main you know, contributors here. Dave, uh, any last thoughts before we go? Build more houses. If you're gonna if you're gonna import a bunch of voters for you, Trudeau, then put some houses out there for these people to live in. Our homelessness crisis here in Canada is the highest I've ever seen in my entire life. Do something, buddy. Do something. Okay. Instead, talking about you know caring more about uh, you know climatization instead of putting roofs over people's heads is crazy to me. You know, I was out here in Alberta. We had minus thirty five degree weather. Some of these people. They may not survive. I mean, that is, you know, as a politician and someone in charge of our country, do something, do something about it. Yeah, I can tell you, I think, uh, Dave, everybody would echo that sentiment. Um, you know what? It's, we're, it's a pretty shameful look that we have at our federal government right now. You know what? Worry about the people at home here in Canada first. Make Canadians first. And that's what we need to focus on. Thanks for tuning in this week and we'll talk next week.